Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Triton Arts Cast. This is our alumni series. I'm Sue Densmore, your host, and through this series, we are going to talk to some people that graduated from Triton. We're going to talk about what they did when they were here, what they thought they were going to major in, and where their lives actually ended up. Their stories are really great, and we know you'll enjoy it. So come along for the ride. Now, on with the podcast. Well, welcome everyone to the podcast. This is episode four, and I am here with Matthew Galino, who graduated in 2002 and now works and lives in Cambridge, Mass. He uh, works for Amazon Web Services. When he was at Triton, he was involved in the arts in several ways. He served as drum major for the marching band and starred in dramatic productions like Pirates of Penzance. And I got to tell everybody, Matthew is also the reason that we're even able to sit here in our state-of-the-art podcast studio, because he's the guy who made the donation that made this possible. So he's going to start off with a huge thank you to Matthew for making that happen. It kind of was the next logical thing for our for our department was to move into the podcasting realm. So thanks, Matt. Oh, you're very welcome. Yes, I really appreciate it. No, it was, it's exciting to, to be be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I was thinking about uh, your time at Triton and some of the highlights and um, one of the finest drum majors that I had ever. Um, and but I also but one of my favorite memories is uh, the only lightsaber battle I've ever had in the middle of a production. <laughs> Right? Oh, that's right. We battled. We, yes, we did with lightsabers in the middle of Pirates of Penzance. I, I think. I think. I, I think it was your baton. Was your. Was your. your it might your have been because it was. Choice. It was hard to pull like an entire <laughs> lightsaber out and like hold the baton to keep the band going because yes. you know, I am the pirate king. There you were singing and we're <laughs> dueling and everybody. It was anyway. But I. That was that's one of my vivid, dramatic memories from your. <laughs> from your time here at Triton. So uh, I wonder, Matt, if you'd just start off by, um, w- give us a couple of maybe little highlights of stories of when you were here and, and what you remember about being at Triton. Oh my gosh, so much. Um, I feel like I had my fingers in everything when I was here. Um, That's I, probably true. I was in uh, video production when that was nascent, like uh, John Lovering was still in, in charge of it at that point. Uh, so I was running around with what were probably three, $4,000 cameras at the time, very expensive. <laughs> Uh, now we can, you know, for a few hundred dollars, you've got yourself a new, a new iPhone or whatever to, to, to record on. That's crazy. Um, I was, you know, I was a drum major in the marching band. Um, I was in the choruses. I was, um, I was running theater technical program too, and you know, sort of trying to figure out. I, I remember thinking at the time, like, how do I make all these things sort of meld together? So it's it's fun to be sit here in the podcast studio with uh, you and. Uh, and Bob and um, now now you now everyone here has had to incorporate technology into almost everything you do. So yeah. um, while I was chasing everyone around with cameras, now it's like now you're chasing me around with cameras. So that's that's fun. true, Bob. Uh, see, that's true. Bob Lathrop was here too. Say hi, Bob. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks. All right. So um, so now when you when you were getting ready to graduate Triton and go off into the into whatever you were going to what was it you were headed for what did you what was your plan for your life oh god there wasn't really one um there there were so many plans uh i didn't know what i wanted to do and i had no no idea really um probably my junior year i i was also working at um the firehouse uh, center for the arts and doing technical theater um and i had just done a production of jesus christ superstar that knocked my socks off and uh, the lighting designer for that was just super passionate about it, created this beautiful lighting design. I was like sitting above the stage running a follow spot just on a backlight follow spot because they couldn't afford moving instruments. 
Um, and I thought and that neither was, can we. I thought that was the best thing ever. I thought that's that's what I wanted to do. I was sure about it. And plus, my um, <laughs> my friend and colleague at the time, Matt Gordon, had told me that uh, you could never get into the school that I got into. So, <gasps> ooh, um, that's like a dare. Shout out to Matt Gordon. You should be coming on and doing one of these with us too. Absolutely. By the way, sir. Um, so of course I had to apply to SUNY purchase and, um, and, and get into, get accepted to their lighting design program, which I did. I did. <laughs> so, um, I, I, but shortly after that, we did a production of the sound of music and I thought, oh, you can't do this. Like this, this, they're not all like Jesus Christ superstar. You, you, this is terrible. And, um, <laughs> you need to figure out something else to do with your, your life. Cause you're going to go make, you know, $25,000 a year doing this job for the first several years of your life, probably. And like, you're used to making a lot more money than that. Cause I was also running around, you know, running an IT business on the side as yeah. well. Um, I was very busy. So, um, I, I initially was going to school for lighting design and I kind of pulled the plug on that at the very last minute, much to my mother's chagrin. Um, oh, so man. I ended up, um, uh, at going to UMass Lowell online, basically for healthcare reasons. You know, my mom insisted that I remain a, at least a part-time student so that I could, uh, qualify to stay on their healthcare plan. Um, so I did that. I was studying IT, um, and just to, just sort of to make her happy and, you know, bopping around town doing IT gigs. So that's oh, where I started so you're busy. out. You're yeah. busy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, th this was terrible. The, uh, Triton Regional High School does not, this does not reflect the opinions of Triton Regional High School about the SUNY Purchase Theater Program. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's a great program, actually. <laughs> no, I'm just it, kidding. It's, it's, it was one of the best programs yeah. of the time. You so. just didn't like running a follow spot for Sound of Music. Well, who likes the stage play yeah. for Sound of Music anyway? Uh, it's hard. Okay, well, let's not get, that's, that's it. It's, that would be an interesting rabbit trail. The movie I find <laughs> superior, you know, because I, I right, Christopher Plummer and Julie Andrews before the doctor ruined her vocal cords and surgery. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, so you went to, so you're in college, you're studying. Uh, uh, IT stuff online. Yep. So, like, so you didn't end up graduating with what you thought you were going to graduate. Where did you? What happened? Like, how did you end up? Yeah, where you are now. Like, so, what was the trail here? So, I was running my own IT consulting business, essentially. Um, uh, poorly, I was. <laughs> I was not. <laughs> I was not good at the running the business side of that. I was very good at the IT side of it. Yeah. Um, and at some point, I think probably two or three years after, I was bopping around doing everything. I was teaching a little bit of marching band on the side. I was, you know, coming yeah. back and helping out here. Um, and I think I realized that, oh, you need more income than this, or it needs to be steadier anyway. Um, it needs yeah, to being, not be being, a, you know, teaching marching band on the side is not going to earn you a living. No, and it didn't. <laughs> it didn't. Um, <laughs> uh, so I went back to, um, I started applying for, you know, full-time jobs in IT yeah. thinking, all right, well, you gotta, you gotta make your way in the world somehow. Um, and you know, I sort of set aside the arts thing for a little bit. Um, I got a job at a uh, at an IT company, and um, I sort of started at that point um, figuring out, all right, well, how do I finish my degree? Um, I wound up at a company called ComputerShare. Um, they eventually ended up sponsoring my degree, so I got to go to college for free, finished um, a degree in um, as a, for a bachelor's of management at Northeastern University in 2017. It took a lot longer than I expected, but wow. we did yeah. get there. Um and uh, I sort of rose up through the ranks of, um, of IT and then into management as well. So, and then in 20, um, 2017, I, same year, I made the jump over to Amazon Web Services and started a career there. Um, and 
I've been very, very fortunate to sort of have these IT opportunities um, and that background to be able to fall back on when my, you know, my dreams in the arts didn't necessarily come true. Um, I, I guess I've always just sort of seen myself more as a, how, how do I put this right? Like there are people who are destined to be on stage. There are people who are destined to be backstage, but there are also people who need to be there supporting the arts from the other side of the stage in the audience, um, providing support to the artists, um, patronage. It's, it's, it's useless without people there to, to sit there and listen and enjoy and critique and, um, and take it all in. So I, I sort of see my role at this point as you know, an amateur and enthusiast, but also an ardent supporter. Yeah, that's awesome. And you're absolutely right. We, we do need, we do need people like you that are willing to do that and, and, uh, and show up, you know, show up in ways that are unexpected and bring extra joy, you know? So, uh, so that's cool. So, um, what is, so I remember you were traveling back and forth a lot to like Australia and places. Is that because you worked for an international company? Yeah. So, um, that, the, that first job that paid for my, uh, for my college ended up, um, their headquarters was in Melbourne, Australia. So I ended up heading out there for um, two years and I worked out of their Melbourne office. Um, so that was my first management job at that point. I had to go all the way Australia, all the way to Australia to get it. Um, but it was an opportunity um, and I was willing to, to do the travel to, to make it happen. Um, you know, music is still a huge part of my life and it's always been this connector. When I was in Melbourne, Australia by myself, um, trying to figure out, all right, well, how do you fit into this scene? It was supposed to be a permanent job, by the way. Oh, I, really? Yeah, I, I only ended up coming back because my mom uh, ended up getting sick. So oh, wow. I wanted to, to be here for that. Um, but uh, when I'm in Melbourne thinking about, well, how are you going to cement yourself and create community here? I, you know, I fell back once again on the thing that I have always fallen back on in order to, uh, to make friends. And that was um, my music. Um, I had uh, I had joined the Northeastern concert uh, concert band and the Northeastern uh, pep band in order to sort of make some friends there and yeah, yeah. create a sense of community when I was finishing my school. Um, and it worked out really well. Um, and I did the same thing when I was in Melbourne. Um, so I joined the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra Chorus. Um, it's a all-volunteer, um, you know, it's an auditioned group. You know, I still had yeah. to have some chops. <laughs> To get in, um, just enough to hide, you know, hide in the background. Um, nah, you don't need to hide in the background. <laughs> um, but that was another place where I, I made some some really good friends. Uh, and one of my friends just uh, from that course just ended up getting married. Um, and uh, the plan was to fly out, but it just, with COVID, it just didn't happen in time. So, so, so anno- COVID's been so annoying, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So you live, so you lived in Melbourne for yeah, just two years. Around, yeah, was, around yeah. about two years. Yeah. But I was flying back and forth. Quite a bit. Yeah, so. I just I feel like I remember you kind of just being on a plane a lot. Yeah, at that's that time because we've we've kept in touch. It's been nice to keep in touch with somebody. Um, I'm so that's so you're an, you're a great example of somebody who, like you don't have to go be a major like you don't have to major in any of these things to still pursue them for the rest of your life. Yeah, you know you can find people and places to sing or play or whatever. Yeah, that's a tool in my toolbox. I can I can always grab. I've always got my trumpet in the in the closet. I can grab it and you know, go join a gig somewhere or, you know, brush up my chops or go sing anywhere. So you don't have a French horn. I don't have a French horn in my closet. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just probably better for everybody. 
<laughs> well, I don't know. French horn has that automatic nice sound. If, if you can get a sound out of it, it's usually a nice sound. That has not been my experience. Well, okay, well, maybe maybe it was just maybe it was just me. Was <laughs> I think it was me. probably just you. You're <laughs> a better French horn player than I was. So yeah. So how did your experiences, you know, in the high in your high school arts experiences, how did those kind of shape you and help you through your life? Yeah, sure. You know, you found places, obviously. But anything else? Well, I, I remember, I, I still remember um, Bob Manso saying to me my freshman year, um, you know, he, I was standing out in the hall uh, doing something. He just, he just, Bob Manso would have these just like moments where he would just stop you and be like, you, you are going to, and then he would, he would like, he would prophesize your life. <laughs> um, and he, he said to me, you, Matthew, are going to be in IT someday. And I'm like, all right, well, that coming from your music teacher is kind of disheartening. It's <laughs> like, okay. Um, I, Excellent. I, My band director just told me I'm going to be in IT. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, is that a hint? That's your calling. And it's maybe not here. Um, so, and he, of course, was right. He was right. Um, but I, I, what I remember most is sort of the ability to go try everything here. Mm. There was just so, there were so many choices and things to be able to you, there's technical theater, there's, you know, there's video making, there's, um, there's sound recording technology, there's, there's so many different places where some uh, computer science where I could fit in. And I, I was not good at computer science, by the way. W- the way I succeeded in computer science was to be the person fixing the computers so that the other people could do their work. Ah. So I was always like trying, like not quite fitting in. But so like hardware IT. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't comp sci and that's still not what I do. I work in, I work managing a team of support engineers. So it's most of the problems we solve, by the way, are not technical. They're people in process problems. So user error. Are you trying to say that user error? Well, we don't, we don't ever put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> But being able to have those conversations, having the soft skills, the emotional intelligence to be able to understand where people are, where they want to go, and um, what kind of emotional support they need at that moment to get them through whatever they're going through, absolutely was something that I learned in the arts and I learned here at Triton. So That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Uh, if you could sort of uh, give yourself, your 18-year-old self, any piece of advice, what would that be oh for me i would have said go take a gap year i would have said go take a gap year um, which wasn't you know we talked about this a little bit earlier it's no, it wasn't possible in 2002 um health was something that you know you couldn't you know really have on your own or you couldn't afford to have on your own if you were 18 and just you know wanted to stay on your parents plan you couldn't do that um honestly i should have just taken the risk anyway and just done it i should just i was pretty healthy i should have just said sorry, mom, I'm going to take a risk and just gone off and traveled a little bit. I was not ready to go to college when I started college. Um, on it was, I started online in 2002, which was barely a thing. Yeah. I like, yeah, I can't imagine like given what we've just come through with COVID yeah. and how we had to adjust and figure out the online thing. Um, I, I can't imagine, like, I can't imagine doing that in 2002. Like, I can't imagine what that would be like. Right. I mean, most of the people in my class at that point were adult learners, um, you know, working a job. And here I was, 18, not really motivated to be in the program. Um, and at the same time, I, I'm expected to sort of, you know, there's not, there wasn't an online lecture. There was no streaming video at that point. It was just email correspondence. Here's your assignment you know, go do it and turn it in. There wasn't interaction. 
Um, so I had to just be insanely disciplined to be able to do that. And I was not insanely disciplined at yeah. that point. Mm-hmm. I was also running three other jobs at that point. So I wasn't ready. And I, I don't think we do a great job in this country saying to kids coming out of high school, it's okay not to be ready for, for college a ever. Some, sometimes that's not the right path for you. Um, but B um, maybe you're not ready the first year. Maybe you want to go travel. Maybe that's the best thing for, for your life right now. Um, so I wish I had taken some time and gone and done some travel. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So what now, what, what, what's, what's next for Matthew Galino? Yeah. Like you, you're happy at Amazon web services right now. Absolutely. I, en- I enjoy my career at Amazon. It's fantastic. Um, but I think what I'm, what I'd really like to do, and hopefully this podcast can be sort of a call to other alumni out there. Um, I, one of the things I remember about my high school career was Sometimes it was hard to get our hands on some of the latest tech. Um, there were scholarships. There were all sorts of ways to improve your your your, your educational or music skills um, out there. But it was sometimes hard to get your hands on the stuff that was you were actually going to be able to be hands on and technical with. Uh, Matt Gordon and I worked really hard to convince uh, Bob Manso at the time to provide a lighting console. Um, and he, you know, through his political acumen, was able to to get one out of the new school budget, uh, which is now twenty years old. <laughs> as I look around, um, but I always we've wa- gotten a new board since then too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I always wondered to myself. I always wondered aloud, like, where are the where are the alumni? Um, there's plenty of money out there for, for colleges, endowments, all sorts of things to to fund all that. But you know, where are the alumni when it comes to giving some money back to your high school? Um, and I found personally for me being able to give back in ways that are really concrete to be able to say, here's, here's money, Sue, you know, what, what's your wish list to go buy right now? Um, and to have you say, we need a podcasting studio. Great. Like you, you and Bob understand what the kids need. Um, uh, scholarships are great, but I love the idea that any student here, no matter whether they've been at the department a day, a week or a month, you know, can can come in here and sort of use and use this equipment and learn and maybe build a passion for something in the arts or in tech, or maybe it's about writing. Mm-hmm. Maybe they find their voice. Um, I, I love that. And I love that the, um, the inclusion and the equity uh, and the diversity that common equipment <laughs> can sort yeah. of bring. So yep. uh, I'll put out a call to, to, um, to alumni out there. If you're out there and you've got some extra dollars, you know, you can, you can reach out to Sue, um, you know, say, here's some money for, for tech. Here's some money for equipment. Here's some money for, you know, you know, whatever it is that's your passion. Um, this is a community that we're all, you're hearing all the alumna speak, alumni speak about this, um, how our arts education influenced the track of our lives. So if you're, if you're feeling that that's something for you, if you're feeling passionate about this place being special and creating a track for you in your life, then I would say, and, if, and, and you have the means, consider giving back. So. Wow. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. And I really appreciate that, <clears throat> that comment. And, uh, you know, just, um, Bob has, has been in here in the studio making some video podcasts with his kids, and my sound tech kids are on it. And I've got some kids that are like, hey, I've got a history project. Do you think I could do something? And it, absolutely, 
Absolutely. The journalism class may be able to do some interviews. That kind of, I mean, all kinds of things could happen here. And, uh, and you made this thing happen. So uh, thank you for that. Thank you for your words. Then thank you, Matt, for your time today, yeah. for being with us on the podcast. And uh, they'll, uh, I'll have a little bit about Matt on the show notes page and any interesting links he wants me to link to. And uh, until next time, everybody out there, thanks for listening and see you next week. I'm